Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, CUKC is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu slash impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Friday, January 21st. Coming up, the COVID-19 pandemic is far from over, but some young people are saying after two years of interruptions in their school, work, and social lives, they're getting on with their lives. So I'm kind of honestly a little over it because, you know, I'm 23 and I'm only going to be 23 for so long. You know, by the time COVID's done, who knows, maybe I'll be like 27. Plus how one Kansas City crime ring got away with fraud and identity theft for years. But first, some headlines. The Belton School District is temporarily switching to online learning today because of absent students and staff. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The district said it will shift to online learning for Friday, Monday, and Tuesday because of the number of staff and students out sick. According to the district's online dashboard, 100 students and nearly 30 staff COVID-19 cases have been reported since Saturday. Other Kansas City area schools have made similar decisions in the last week, driven by widespread COVID cases. The Odessa School District also switched to virtual learning on Thursday and Friday. Meanwhile, school districts in St. Joseph, Olitha, and Kansas City, Kansas canceled classes this week because of COVID-related absences. Substitute teachers are spread thin across the Kansas City area as local districts face hundreds of COVID-19-related absences. Kelly Services, the staffing agency that provides substitutes to most school districts around Kansas City, said demand has more than doubled since last month. Keith Elliott, who works for the agency, says the number of available substitutes is dwindling. The substitutes that we provide are every bit as susceptible to COVID as as the the, the schools and the full-time employees, the, the full-time teachers that, that we're, we're filling those positions for. Elliot says all of the school districts that Kelly Services supports have been able to stay open. A COVID-19 surge is thinning the ranks of the Kansas legislature. More than 20 members of the House were absent yesterday, though not all of them due to illness. Republican leaders citing privacy concerns declined to say how many of their members were absent because of COVID. Democratic Representative Stephanie Clayton says the surge has made it harder to get quorums for committee meetings. We've got some people subbing in on various committees. And so uh, just like with any workplace, we, uh, we utilize teamwork to continue to get the work of the state done. A handful of House Democrats have tested positive for the virus since the session began last week. Democrats in the Senate are so far virus free. Missouri has one of the highest hospitalization rates for COVID-19 in the country. KCUR's Jacob Martin has more. Missouri ranks seventh in the nation in hospitalizations per 100,000 people, according to data released by the New York Times. Over the last two weeks, the state has seen a 35% increase in people hospitalized with COVID-19. KU Hospital has nearly 200 COVID patients right now. And north of the river, Platte, Clay, and Buchanan counties have seen at least a 15% increase in hospitalizations in the last two weeks. 
The Kansas City Council voted yesterday to reject tax incentives for a midtown developer. The original proposal would have given more than $10 million in tax breaks to MAC Properties for an apartment project along Main Street and Armour Boulevard. But after a heated debate, the council decided the project wouldn't include enough affordable units. Instead, members voted to direct the money into the city's housing trust fund. As a new surge in the pandemic disrupts life, people between the ages of 18 and 29 are weary of virtual school, lost jobs, and isolation. But KCUR's Laura Ziegler found on a weekend walk around Midtown Kansas City, young adults are paying attention to the science, but tuning out the news and going on with their lives. Yeah, dude, bro! Isaac Samayi and his buddy Thomas Moore were skateboarding after enjoying a few beers last Friday night in Westport when I stopped to ask them about the recent spike in COVID cases. So I'm kind of honestly a little over it because, you know, I'm 23 and I'm only going to be 23 for so long. You know, by the time COVID's done, who knows, maybe I'll be like 27. Who knows how long this thing will go for, you know? Samai, soft-spoken with shoulder-length black hair, has been living under pandemic restrictions since he's been able to buy a drink. Like so many college kids, he missed out on campus life while getting his associate's degree at Metropolitan Community College. He's vaccinated, but he got COVID anyway. Didn't get too sick, just lost his taste and smell. You know, I, I'm okay with going out and doing whatever right now, just because, you know, it seems like that's what people are doing. People my age, at least. (laughs) Yeah. There is no universal response to the pandemic among young people, but there do seem to be some common threads. They feel beaten down by graduations on Zoom, isolation from friends, frustration and fear about their uncertain work lives. 27-year-old Ashley Hammond was a restaurant server before her employer went out of business in November of 2020. She says she's had three jobs since then and just one week off in the last two years. It, It just seems hopeless. I mean, honestly, like, with with my age group, you know, economically speaking, like, it it seems like a f***ing apocalypse, you know? It does. Smoking a cigarette behind one of Westport's most popular bars, she says she's vaccinated, but it makes her nervous that only 56% of Kansas Cityans have received both doses. But at some point, like, you have to move on, you know? And we're still in the middle of it, but it's been long enough that you have the the feeling of like needing to move on. It's like grief or something. Whatever you call it, studies do show that some young adults are being disproportionately affected by COVID stress. One CDC study documents heightened levels of depression and anxiety, substance abuse, and thoughts of suicide. While the Omicron variant is risky for young adults, they're less likely to be hospitalized or get as sick as other age groups. Ivan Contreras, a 29-year-old Marine, was sitting at a bar enjoying a heaping platter of nachos. He's heard Dr. Anthony Fauci say, we'll all probably get COVID eventually. His wife got it, but he didn't, and neither did his two small kids. Because everybody was kind of freaked out about it. And I feel like everybody was just kind of making a big deal of it. But now that we've been through it, so I feel like everybody's more relaxed about it. But the numbers are still staggering. Yeah, my name's Kea Pande. I'm 19, a freshman. Um, I'm a pre-med bio major. (laughs) Moving into the dorm at UMKC after being home with her family in Joplin, Missouri, Panday loads a rolling cart with the essentials of college life. A slow cooker, a bag of chocolate, assorted toiletries and laundry soap. 
She did all her coursework online last term, and she's terrified her generation's lack of concern could keep her out of the classroom again. People are just going out and, like, participating in things that are clearly not socially distanced, like going into each other's dorms and, like, I don't know. Like, obviously, the coronavirus is, like, a huge deal. Young people should be taking it seriously, which they're not at all. Or maybe these young people, some of whom have never seen an ICU or known anyone who's died of COVID, maybe they're changing their calculus of risk. They're choosing the possibility of getting COVID over continued isolation, uncertainty, and fear. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Laura Ziegler. It took years for local, state, and federal law enforcement to investigate a crime ring that committed ID theft, car title fraud, and arson for profit. Now the group's alleged leader is set to plead guilty to his involvement. KCUR reporter and host Sam Zeff reported this story for us. Here's his conversation with KCUR News Director Lisa Rodriguez. So that is quite a list of crimes. Who Who is this alleged ringleader? You would think that Wandell J. Fulton would have been on every crime reporter's radar screen for years, but he was not. These alleged crimes in a federal indictment that was handed up back in August go back to the 1990s. Fulton did time in the Missouri Department of Corrections on a manslaughter charge uh, with a homicide that was in Grandview. He gets out of prison, starts a number of businesses, gets married, ends up buying a huge mansion in rural Jackson County. And it's that mansion, Lisa, that figures in the very first fraud crime that the federal government alleged. After this first insurance fraud scheme, how did his life play out after that? He started a number of businesses and then filed for bankruptcy. That's when this insurance fraud that is alleged at his mansion in Jackson County gets underway. Claimed to the sheriff's department that it was an $85,000 loss, but when he files the insurance claim, it's for much, much more than that. Eventually, he pulls the insurance claim. To this very day, that is an open case in the Jackson County Sheriff's Office. After that, he starts a car dealership. Now, it turns out that starting a car dealership in Missouri takes a lot of paperwork, but you don't actually have to have a car lot. He takes his car dealership license and people's identities that he allegedly stole to car auctions. What he would do is he would go to the car auction, buy cars on credit that was uh, let... Using someone else's identity. Using somebody else's identity from the car auto auction. He would then on paper, sell them to some Confederates that were in the in with him on the scheme. They would then sell the car. And now, this shows you how complicated it is. Now you've got three victims. You've got the ID theft victim, you've got the car auction victim, and you've got this person who thought they bought a car and they really didn't. That's part of the reason it took so long to unravel. At the same time, he's buying houses around Kansas City, some from the land bank, some not. And he, the government alleges, starts to burn them down to collect 
the uh, to collect the insurance money. Took a, a couple lucky breaks for um, law enforcement to actually pin this guy down. Tell me more about that. It starts off with a an investigator from the Missouri Department of Revenue who hears about a stolen car and goes and investigates, talks to the person who claims that the car was stolen. That's the first time that investigators hear the name Wandell J. Folk. But the arson for profit scheme doesn't come into view until an Overland Park police officer finds a black Mercedes Benz. They thought that that car was involved in car burglaries around the metro where they were stealing guns. They seize the car, they get a search warrant, they get into it, no guns. But there's a pink expandable folder. And in it, there's insurance documents and invoices for construction people. All of a sudden, investigators see that they've got both an alleged car title fraud and alleged arson for profit. And then they're off to the races on this long federal indictment that came out in August that was under seal until Fulton and one of his co-defendants, a man named Jeremy D. Woods, surrendered to authorities. That's KCUR's Sam Zeff. Thank you for unraveling that for us. You're welcome. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Laura's story on COVID fatigue and Sam's story on Wandale Fulton, visit our website, kcur.org, where you can find more local news stories from Kansas City's NPR station. If you like our show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. On Monday, we'll take a look at what's been going on at the Missouri legislature. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week.